0: Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry.
1: Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. We are thrilled to highlight the amazing, diverse and women-owned wine and spirits brand that were featured at the recent WSWA Access Live. These brands are breaking barriers and creating some of the most exciting and unique products on the market. Not only are these brands offering exceptional quality and taste, but they're also leading the way in promoting inclusivity. By highlighting these changemakers, we hope to inspire and empower all of those who are passionate about wine and spirits. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be amazed by the talent, innovation, and creativity of these diverse and women-owned
0: brands. Let's dive in. Hello, Served Up friends. I'm excited to introduce you to my good friend, Anita Parikh, co-founder of Tigo Tequila Soda. Prior to co-founding Tigo, she was on the founding team at Chief, the private members club for female executives And an early employee at Casper, the mattress company. Anita shares her journey of creating the first ultra premium reposado tequila and soda with a splash of fresh juice. Now sit back, grab your favorite Tego tequila soda, and get inspired. Anita, thank you so much for joining us on Served Up.
2: Thanks so much for having me. So thrilled to be here.
0: We are so honored to have you
1: on the episode today. And we would love for our listeners to know about your journey into the beverage industry. So can you tell us how you got started?
2: Sure. So Tigo is my first foray into the wine and spirits industry. So very, very new to this. Um, We got our start during um, COVID lockdown. Um, As you all probably remember, the seltzers were exploding. There was a new brand, I feel like, every single week. Um, And we were making cocktails at home during lockdown. And our drink of choice of my friend group was Spindrift. Like, if you compare a Spindrift and a LaCroix or another sparkling water, like, Spindrift, I feel like, is just the absolute best. Um, It's so fresh. And then Casamigos Reposado. So mixing those, um, that was our drink. So um, we thought, you know, why, why isn't anyone put something more premium like this in a can? I would drink that all day long. So um, that took our journey to Mexico. We moved to Guadalajara for a few months um, on the search to see um, if we could make something like that. And uh, we, we sourced and made our own tequila, Reposado. We absolutely fell in love um, with this one blend at this tiquilera um, in Jalisco. And then we source fruits up and down the coast of Mexico. And that's when Tigo was born. So um, it really is our dream concoction in a can with a shelf life that uh, really makes it um, conducive to retail. And um, we launched officially in June of 2022. And we have been off to the races ever since.
0: I love that. And you mentioned your friends and just because I become a friend. So I know a little <laughs> bit about your story. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what you were doing prior to this idea, because you were definitely in new ventures with all mm-hmm. different kinds of stuff. So tell us a little bit about what was the life before that put you in a position to say, okay, we can go move to Guadalajara and, and like make this happen? Because a lot of people might not have that confidence or, or that willingness to just jump into a new venture. So give us a little bit of background there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been in the startup space for quite some time. Um, I was an early employee at um, two startups that got uh, pretty large, um, one being Casper, the mattress company, and actually led um, their retail expansion into brick and mortar there. And that's where I um, really did recognize how much I love the retail space. Um, And then after that, I went to Chief, which is the largest private members club for female executives, which is where Julie and I um, were able to meet and we became close friends. And um, both of those journeys, they were obviously very different. um, But I just learned so much about what a business looks like from inception to like quick expansion and um, what it really takes from the founder journey. And I think that after doing that twice, I was like, okay, I definitely want to do this on my own next. I feel very, very ready. Um, The other thing is coming from this pretty um, digitally native space, uh, I think I got a bit jaded over time, just seeing how many dollars you have to spend online to acquire a customer, how heavily VC backed, and a cash burn, a lot of these different startups in the New York ecosystem where I was living um, were. And so this space of wine and spirits still being very much like sold on premise in liquor stores. um, There was this hustle culture that I was seeing. um, And I was like, this feels really interesting and very attractive to me. Um, I think it's a lot a lot harder of an industry to break into. But I do love that it's still very much of an omni channel of You know, in person, online, um, building a community that is organic and building a lot of brand love. So, yeah, this is our first foray, but so far we are absolutely loving it. And we're just so thrilled at the amount of camaraderie in the space, the mentors um, like yourself that we found along the way. Um, And we're really excited to get more deeply entrenched.
1: No, you just talked very briefly about how hard it is to break into the beverage industry. Can you talk about, you know, some of the things that you have learned along the way that you wish you would have known at the very start of your journey?
2: I think that um, a big realization for us has been just how relationship driven this space is. So many brand owners have been in the industry forever and they launch their mar- their products to market and immediately have connections to so many amazing on-premise accounts. Um, they've been boots on the ground forever and that's just not something that we'll be able to overcome. Um, but at the same time, I do think that, um, we have an advantage in that, um, you know, we don't really have any expectations. Like we came in knowing that it was going to be hard and we're very ready to hustle. Like every single weekend, We've been doing samplings, meeting customers. Any day we aren't doing that, we feel like was a missed opportunity because we know that we're kind of behind the curve um, just being so new to the space. Um, The other thing is, you know, I I was new to this industry. I didn't realize uh, just the ins and outs of distribution and how critical that is to success and partnering with the right distributors, um, being able to provide resources to them to be able to succeed. And just getting picked up by a distributor um, just because you have a product that you think is amazing it's it's not that easy so um, you know we're in this period right now where um, we're we're showing we want to be able to show enough traction to be able to land a distributor in the markets we want to be in and be able to be um, in a position where we can um, come to an agreement that really benefits both sides, so we're trying to really get um into as many doors as possible, have great sell-in and amazing sell-through, um, and really show those numbers.
0: I love that, Anita. And I think, you know, we're in a startup generation, right? So many different startups, so much funding out there. And one of, I think, the biggest challenges with a lot of spirit, Owners, especially diverse and woman-owned, is how do you get the funding? What are some? How did? What was that journey like for you? Because you obviously need funding in order to produce product and and then to scale. What what was your journey like for you and your partners to create Tigo? And what is some suggestions and advice that you would give others as they start this journey? And and access that available funding that's out there
2: that's a great question um so to date um we've bootstrapped it but also did a small friends and family round and um in that you know it's been great because we're we've been raising from people that know us that we've had relationships with that we have a track record with so um our experiences have been able to speak for themselves so that wasn't so challenging the next step, which we will have to further fund the brand, is going to definitely be more challenging. Um, I know I've seen the data over the years of female founders receiving funding in the space and just how challenging it is. And knowing that it's going to be people I don't have relationships with and having to um, convince them to take a chance on me, I know it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I, I do think, though, um, I'm just grateful that we've had enough capital to get to this point so that our business and our numbers can speak for themselves in that funding journey. The second part to that is we wanted to just grow very slowly and thoughtfully um, to an extent that we can really um, support the business. So right now we're in three states. We are in New York, Michigan, and Florida. We have gotten opportunities to expand further to more states um we've put that on hold for now we really want to just create hubs and strong communities and deeply penetrate where we are with the capital that we have and um not expand quicker than we can reasonably support
1: yeah it makes sense can you tell us a bit about your experience here at WSWA and really winning the the battle of the spirits and you know i know you're going into the second final round this evening Can you tell us what that process has been like for you?
2: I am just so um, amazed by the energy and the camaraderie, like I said, in this industry, like how excited people are to try and welcome these new brands. And it's just been amazing. And so for that first round, um, we were with a lot of fellow founders. Everyone was so supportive of each other and very excited to learn about each other's products, which is so cool. Um, and then the judges were all industry veteran, um executives at different retailers that we would just dream to get in front of. So being able to be in front of them all at one time and seeing our product in their hand um, was just so cool for us being so new. We been we on the market for seven months and that was just a dream. Um, we were absolutely shocked when we won. We won uh, Best New RTD Seltzer. Such a crowded space. Huge. We Huge. Could, yeah, we were absolutely floored by that. Um, and – Um, I think that, you know, the product does really speak for itself. Like we took a really long time to make Tigo. We got to market a lot later than we would have liked. Um, It took like a year of different iterations of the formula and then just getting approved by the CRT, which is the regulatory body of tequila in Mexico. That took another eight-ish months. Um, So... Then we were a bit dissuaded by how long it had taken. Now, though, when we are able to see people's reception of the product and they try it, we're we're really happy that we took our time in formulating the product. Um, And then the other thing with Battle of the Brands was, you know, they asked tough questions. It was not just just like high level. And um, I think as a new brand, you're just so used to leading by brand. And this was very much like, what is your go-to-market strategy? Like, how are you going to support this monetarily in marketing and sales? Um, one of the judges actually asked us a, a question that really tripped us up, Um and he was like, "You know, there's really large seltzer brands that are spending eight million dollars for posts by Dave Portnoy and Barstool. Um, how are you going to compete with those?" And we got really flustered in the competition. This is also why I did not think that we were going to win. Um, <laughs> and we we said like, "We can't. We can't compete with that. Our strategy has to be differentiated as a new brand." So. Um. Yeah. I, I and we have the main competition today, which is going to be all the category winners going up against each other on a very intimidating large stage. But we're really excited about it.
0: So speaking of competing with different brands and then wanting to know your go-to-market strategy, not to give you a a hint as you go to your final brand battle, but there is something different that Tigo does that no other brand. I haven't seen another brand do this, but you really come into the market in a different way, which is again why we want to promote diverse brands because with diversity comes innovation, and you guys are doing something very innovative as it relates to music, which really brings people together. Tell us a little bit about the innovative way that Tigo goes to market that's different from other brands
2: um so As I said before, community is really central to our strategy. Um, And previous to this, I was leading community at the largest female um, network. And what had been central to that strategy was creating micro communities in each city that that club was present and really investing in that community and building brand love um, in, in each micro market. And that is absolutely the playbook here as well. So our launch market has been Miami. And uh, we are really proud of the community that we've built in Miami. So we really leaned into the music scene, like you said. That is what we find to be the best, most organic, most powerful way to bring people together. We actually have a Tico house um that we live in full time with a few others. We have been activating it around the clock every night. We've been throwing concerts. We've been supporting diverse artists. Um, we've been also leaning into the Miami music festival scene, which has been amazing and sponsoring all of those activations. Um, and it, we also have QR codes on the cans that you can scan for the playlist, that we play at these parties or that these artists record. So music really has been this through line through the brand that's really brought people together. Um, so with that, we do want that to translate to the other markets that we're in. We'll be looking to do activations anywhere we launch. Um, And then we've also taken this abroad. So we did this in two tests, um, but we did these party weekends where we uh, rented a house um, and we had DJs perform and we had friends and friends of friends come out um, to these international locations um, for a party. And the number of impressions we had on social from these parties absolutely blew our minds. And this was owned content. So in this world of paid media, we were like, this is something different. Like we can just do this on repeat, have so much fun building this brand. We'll own this evergreen content and we're building this like beautiful organic community around music. So we're hoping that that playbook can scale and follow as Tigo grows.
1: Love it. Love that. What does Tigo mean? And how did you, how did it get its name? So Tigo, we
2: um, got from the word Contigo. And all our can say, Siempre Contigo, which um, is always with you. And um, the Mexican roots are really just, they're a big part of the brand. So we wanted to create a really authentic product. Something that's been a bit frustrating for us is that there's so many products that say real tequila or premium tequila, and they're actually not real tequila. They're not made in Mexico. They're not 100% blue agave. Um, And we have taken time to source this product, get it fully approved by the CRT, which you have to do for 100% Blue Agave. Um, And we even use, uh, most of our corporate employees are based in Mexico. We have our marketing agency, all our content, it's shot down there. Um, So it really is, we want to make it as authentic as possible and central to the brand. So um, yeah, Contigo is on the cans, um, I think in the future. We also plan to launch in other international markets in Lentam and we'll be doing um, branding on the cans to have them fully in Spanish and reflect that.
0: I love that. Contigo, everywhere you go, you bring Tigo. I love it. Exactly. Thank you, Anita. What a great story. And I think, you know, you'll really inspire our listeners for those that have really thought about starting their own brand and really getting into the space because they're so passionate in one way or another. You know, I think where it's such a broad space when it involves hospitality. And I think you going out there and just doing it is going to inspire so many of our listeners. So thank you for paving the way.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking some time with us here on Served Up. It's been such a pleasure having you. We want to wish you all the best and just so much success that we know that is ahead of you.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely. And of course, you know, we want to wish you some great health and a lot of peace. So cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, produced by Zunu.online. Music, by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!